Living glam, living rough, living with Jonathan and Katie. Welcome, Welcome to Living with Jonathan and Katie. So we can never do this. I cannot wait for us to one day be able to be in person so that we can actually do an intro in unison because we I know. can with the Zoom. And even now, it's like, I don't know if you're living today. I'm kind of existing with Jonathan and Katie. <laughs> it is, yeah. I don't know if we're like, we're not like living. Auntie. <laughs> we are here. We, uh, we were talking about that. We didn't know what to talk about. But I think we just want to talk about Things we love, things we hate. <laughs> really <original>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you had a question to ask me. Oh, did you watch the new, like, Disney Plus recording of Hamilton? <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, my God. Okay. I expect me to ask that question. I did not. I am totally taking... So, I thought you were not going to watch it because I thought you were, like, hate, thought it was very lame. Oh, I, I still have not watched it. Oh, okay. But, but, I, but I will watch it. And I have watched those clips that they've been playing on YouTube. I watched it with my stepmom and my step and my my mom and my stepdad. <laughs> that is the whitest thing I've ever heard. Like, oh, oh did you ever watch a musical? Like, oh, just wait. So, mom has like she doesn't know the whole soundtrack, but the first song she had like YouTube and learned the lyrics to. This has been for a long time, and she would she does just spontaneously rap it sometimes, and I always have to be like, mom, you can't. You cannot, I'm sorry. It's Black Lives Matter. You can't do this to us. And she Wait, like, wait. Are you aware of that SNL sketch with Cecily Strong and Lena Dunham, which sounds exactly like what your mom is doing? They no, like, which they, wait, which one is it? They form an older lady rap group and they actually get like viral hits and they go on to like this like BET like new <laughs> young gun rapper uh show that interviews new rappers. And literally, they're in like flowy, you know, those flowy older lady teacher garments, you know? My mom's wardrobe. Yeah. And they have Amy Bryant playing the flute. And then they're rapping to the flute. And it literally is like, um, the season is a percolating, and I am in the lurking. Oh, I do. I want to tell you what you're telling me. And I don't want to cucumbers like crazy. And like, it's like, it's like that. Um, that reminds me of what I, well, I think your mom is actually a better rapper. That is, well, I told her, I was like, mom, we can watch this, but like, you are not allowed to rap at any point of this. And then she took that as not saying the words, but going, how does it? Mm, 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 mm. And she, I was like, oh my God. And then my stepdad, God bless him. He just, and it's, I, I don't think it's a racial thing. I just think he can't understand who is on screen at what time. And because there's like, there's two Latinos in the cast, Lin-Manuel and the guy from um, In the Heights. And they're both in ponytails. And that was very confusing for my stepdad because at one point he was like, how many Hamiltons are on stage at one time? Wait a minute. I think that is a race thing because the dude from In the Heights and Lin-Manuel do not look alike, Katie. It was like, but he's also a kind of person, like if you watch any movie with him, he'll be like, and who's she? And you'll be like that person. And then he'll be like, and that's her sister. And you're like, that's the mother grandmother. Know, Katie, Lin-Manuel looks like me and the other dude looks closer to Chris. So I'm like, I don't know how alike they look. <laughs> but he literally, like, he, every single time, someone, literally a guy would come on and be like, my name is George Washington. And he'd be like, who's that? And I'm like, oh my God. So it all, it ended up being fine by act two, but, um, and we love, we loved it as a family, but it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of answered questions. I'm just scared of it. 
because I'm scared of Broadway rapping. It's very scary to me. Um, why do you feel afraid? Like, why, why does the whole thing just, like, make you, ugh? I come from the musical theater, like, world as a kid. Like, I thought I was going to be a musical theater guy, you know? Yeah. And I performed in this type of stuff. I'm very familiar with In the Heights, before, way before Lin-Manuel did Hamilton. And I listened to the whole soundtrack of In the Heights, you know? I saw it touring out here. And I just can't ever get past the part in the show where the late, the like girl comes out. And I think it's early in the show. I think it's like in the, er the first number. She comes out and she's just like, I just can't wait to get out of the barrio. It's <laughs> like, absolutely not. I can't be a part of it. It's just crazy. And we're about to see that in the movie. Like, in it's like, it's just so cheesy. And then Hamilton though, like, every time I tried to watch it, or listen to it, I was like, I can't get in it. But like the clips that they put on YouTube, they're good. Like the room where it happened, like that's like yes. catchy. Also like the one with the three sisters where they're like, for the bride. Or yeah. <laughs> that's cute. Um, but it's just, it's hard to watch them while being like, like you know. He is, and I- Mozzarella, like a bride. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's and I do, I love him so much. I mean, don't get me wrong, Lynn, I know you're tuning in, but he, he is, and people say like, it is a bold move of him to <laughs> cast himself as the lead and be the weakest person in the cast. Because Burr is like, Leslie Odom Jr. is like the dude. I mean, they're all incredible, but he is, I agree, he is like the corniest part, but you'll love everybody else. And what I do think you'll also like is that like, the way he wrote it, it's not just rap, like it's a, it's a huge ode to like 2000s. Like one of their duet, like Hamilton and his wife is, he said like, it, it is meant to be an Ashanti Ja Rule duet. And on the oh, Hamilton no. mixtape, then he even had Ashanti and Ja Rule duet. So I think, I think you'll, I hope you'll get into it. Cause I mean, I've been obsessed for- I mean, sure, I'll pop an edible and I'll watch it. <laughs> Look, I- I just, I don't know what it was. Like I used to be so into, like this is how into musicals I used to be. Like when I was in community theater, people, like I, I remember there's this like kid named Robert um, who had just come to the theater. And he was actually like my first like little gay kiss. But he said, you know, when I met you, I asked you just a very simple question. I said, what kind of music are you into? And you were doing your makeup and you just turned around and you just went, Showtunes. <laughs> background and just like kept doing my makeup. And it's like that's the type of kid I used to be. So I think like I'm just always like, ah! like Well let lest we forget your poetry was called rent it was a rent book or something, wasn't it? The poetry is what it was called. These are the and the thing you opened it and the inside so the outside was like an autumn book design and the inside was a Rocky Horror picture design. So you checked off two queer teen boxes in I one book big of poetry. Bag in the 2000s. Remember those canvas bags that you yes. put over your thing? And I sent your bag. I, I got a cloth marker, you know, the markers that write on cloth, and I like made a design that said rent on the canvas bag. And I walked around with it. And I walked around with a shirt that I made that said rent. There, sometimes you tell me things and you have not told me to this point and I get so mad about it, like genuinely. But this is the thing, 
this is the one thing though is that I think that a lot of people who which I guess is your reaction a lot of people who are like um, Broadway purists like Bruce Valanche I feel like or like other by the way Bruce Valanche gave me a really creepy shoulder massage once at a at a uh, dinner party that we were both at for Frontiers magazine because we were both performing at this benefit in the comedy store main room. You hide everything from me. <laughs> you keep I so many that. secrets. No, I told you that. I told oh. you that guy. Random, he bullied. He bullied some cop. He he. He's a bully. No, I'm kidding. No, Guy Brandon's great. The former guest of the pod, but he was already booked to perform on this benefit for some like for for frontiers magazine which is like a like a free gay publication in la it, like does a lot of like you know local gay stuff and and like they do a lot of like charities and stuff so we were just at the comedy store for some reason and guy like went up to the guy who booked him and was just like this is my friend um, and he should be on your show. And the guy was like, oh, I mean, it's booked, guy. Like it's been booked for weeks. And then guy's like, well, I guess I won't be being on the show then. <gasps> and then, yeah. And then the guy was like, and I literally was right next to guy being like, oh no, don't worry about it. Like, it's totally fine. Like, um, you know, I was trying to be like amenable, like, oh, you know, cause I didn't ask guy to do this. Guy just did it, you know? And the guy was like, okay, we'll give him seven minutes. So they had me on this lineup with like, it's a mixed bag of, of queer and lesbian and bisexual and trans comics. Um, and yeah, and so we had to go and do a dinner before the show. And um, it was at this like fancy restaurant somewhere in West Hollywood. And Bruce Valance was there because he was performing on the show as well. And he like sat at the head of the table, like the king. And then he came around and was talking to people, never talked to me or acknowledged me, but came around and gave me a full shoulder massage in front of everyone. And he has these big ass hands. So his fingers came down to like my upper tip, you know? And he just like kept massaging me and I was like, Ugh. and then like, he just moved on. And then did you like go to the bathroom mirror and you were wearing his glasses? <laughs> <laughs> I was like. You're like, hey, here we go. Um, I did not know that. Well, I've heard him complain before about that, like, kind of like rap shouldn't be on Broadway. Like, he was like, you know, I don't know. So, well, I think a lot of rappers probably feel the same way just because they feel Broadway sanitizes rap. You know what I'm saying? You would think, well, I was very disappointed that Disney Plus bleeped the curse words. Oh, they did. Yeah, well, it, actually, I think they did the same thing as all people do, where they bleeped the word fuck, but they let bitch stay in. Just crazy, because... They always do that. It's yeah, I mean, it is rude, and I know your pain, because for the longest time, they would bleep all these curse words on network television, but they would never bleep fag or faggot. They would let that mm, And yeah. it would until recently. I think, actually, only, like, last 10 years, that they stopped like putting it on network TV or they bleeped it. Yeah. Uh, but I remember growing up watching sitcom after sitcom, whether it was uh, Roseanne or Will and Grace or Fresh Prince or whatever. And there was some episode where someone said back or fact, you know? 
it's interesting because I, 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 of course, like that is true. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like references, but I probably, I would have gone over my head or like, especially when we were like younger, you know what I mean? Like yeah. 90s times, but, um, but yeah, people like lie all the time. Yeah. It's always, it's interesting. I feel like it, I actually feel like it didn't used to be on. Like when I feel like opposite, we're like in that era when they could say that. I felt like they weren't allowed to say it, and then it, things got like cooler, and then they could, I don't know, but I, regardless. I don't remember hearing a lot of, oh no, that's not true, because I do remember on Friends, they did say bitch a lot, but they always gave bitch to a female character. Oh, maybe that was like the standards rule or something. Yeah, because and actually, there were times where Rachel, many times, would be like, horny bitch, or whatever, like she actually had a line that said that, and it was like, Oh, but I think they got around it because they made the female cast members say it, you know? Maybe. Although that said, I'm actually trying to think of if there's a song in Hamilton that uses the word bitch in that context. He's pretty feminist. I'm like, actually, I don't think they did, but there were some words that I was like, oh, they let them say that, but they didn't. Right. Well, I guess I'm a fucking idiot, but. Uh, you know, I don't want to say who any of these people are, but, sorry, my, the glare's getting, okay. Um. But have you been like keeping up on Twitter? Because people, they're bored and they have, they're out of their minds. So Twitter's like crazy. Like they're trying to cancel him for that? Or trying to cancel or, him? Um, Lin-Manuel. No, they're trying to cancel him for what? Oh, the, the weekend Hamilton came out, like there's all these people trying to cancel him. They're saying he's like a colonialist, a white passing colonialist who shouldn't be claimed by Puerto Ricans. It's, it's not my argument. It's not my fight. Wait a minute. Let's, let's unpack No. <laughs> It's not my fight. It's other people. They're like but saying, it's my fight. I no, it is, it is yours. And to be honest, I'm not even kidding. There was a viral thread that went happened. And I swear to God, I did scroll down to see if you'd responded. Cause I was like, I'm sure I was, would have sure you would have seen it and that you would have joined it. No, the only reason I haven't is because I've been busy with other stuff just this week. But, um, usually I am like on Twitter responding to shit, but wait a minute. They said he's a colonialist because why? Because he because Hamilton is a colonial story. He it's a few things. They're like one, he voted for some like after the hurricane around the time of the hurricane, he voted. He was like promoting a like Obama backed bill for like Puerto Rico stuff, and that like wasn't as good as they thought. Or like I don't know. So politically, people were like pissed about that. Well, it's and true. That, Obama was not great in terms of like his treatment of immigrants and stuff, although I don't know how that would relate to Puerto Rican. It was like a financial situation in Puerto Rico. They were pissed that he came to Puerto Rico to do Hamilton, which I know that there's a lot of reasons, larger reasons why that would be, but in the thread, the girl said, um, and he came to this university to perform Hamilton when, you know, during like the hurricane relief. She was like, and that displaced a lot of art students. And I was like, okay. How? <laughs> Because he he was going to use their auditorium. <laughs> I was like, you guys, sometimes we're too bored. But honestly, I can't, I can say, I will speak no further because I will be canceled for this. No. Somehow. I to tell me what the argument is on both sides. It's not, you're not giving your opinion. It's basically, and his dad is a political, like, person. And they're like, basically, they're like, they're, they're like imperialist colonialists. And he made a play glamorizing Hamilton who was a founding father and I'm like yes that's true but like he also 
has spoken very clearly about how kind of the gag of it is then casting it with people of color. Yeah, but, that's the point. I the way I took right. casting is that people of color were not part of American history, really, like in terms of the classic like stories like that you think of. It's always centered around white people. So by putting people of color, black people, black Latinos, brown people in the centers of the story, it kind of like, I don't know, it almost like shows us a glimpse of what America truly became in the future, which, which was what it is now. Because America's most, I think America's almost 40% POC now. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I felt it was good that he was not only creating like roles and jobs for people of color, but also centering POCs in a formerly white story and kind yeah. of saying, hey, we're just as much a part of this country's history as any as as any of you guys, you know, it's just because we are not included in the history books doesn't mean that we're not, you know. And in terms, I don't know what his dad did. Maybe they have a point with something that his dad did, but I mean, I just think it's very unfair to criticize a Puerto Rican dude for being colonial imperialist because Puerto Rico is still being colonized. It's ongoingly being colonized. And the whole reason that Lin-Manuel is in New York or grew up in New York or in the States or wherever he grew up um, is because Puerto Rico becomes utterly unlivable for a lot of Puerto Ricans that they have no choice but to come to the mainland because that's the only way that they can be, they can live as with more rights than they do under the boot of the United States to the island. I don't know. I just feel like it was to me, I was like, we're really reaching here. And then somebody else was like, oh, and yeah. For cancellation, it just doesn't make sense, you know? Because also, here's the, here's the truth, too. Whether it was Hamilton or whether it was another story, pretty much Latino and Black stories in the Americas are almost always going to be stories impacted by colonialism. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are living in a post-colonial world. So... I don't understand how he is glorifying it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just feel it was, like really- It really was a lot. And then somebody else was like, yeah, because his dad, like I said, works in politics. His dad has always worked in politics, but like, I, from my understanding, like a lot of like community organizing and stuff. And like, he didn't like, Lynn, he grew up in the Heights, bitch. Like, and the girl, the girl or somebody was like trying to make you like, make it sound like, oh, he's like some po politician's rich kid son. I don't know, I was like, I was like, hello, he grew up in the Heights. Have you even heard of his first play? But like, whatever. I don't think he is a, is he a politician or his kid or, or his, is he a his, local politician kid who was like a grassroots organizer? That's very different. Yes, exactly. That, the latter. But I mean, this is, again, this is not my fight, but, um, but yeah, people were trying to cancel that. But what was your first original question about Twitter? Oh no, this exact, this exact conversation because I feel like well, I actually saw this was not having to do with, oh no, and also, I would just like to say, like, I think that, never mind, let me just get my thought out. Um, what I was referring to was, there was just like comedy exchanges going on in Twitter of like, you know, the side of comedians who are like, uh, all these like liberal snowflakes and you know they they they're just like this canceling people because they're not funny you know that side oh and yeah the other side that's like 
canceled, canceled, yeah, canceled. And it's like those two, those two polar opposites. I find them both useless, and I feel like pretty much everyone else more in the middle is usually much more logical. That doesn't mean that I'm saying I believe in centrist politics. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just in terms of the like reaction to cancellation. I feel like I was just wish I was just witnessing a Twitter exchange with comedians where one of them like called out another comedian and was like, that's racist, you know? And then another comedian called yeah. out that comedian and was like, well, you're not funny, you're trash. And the comedian who said that is also not funny and is terrible and is trash. And I'm like, well, the original comedian may have had a point that whoever she was criticizing did make a racist remark. However, that's separate from the fact that that person is, she's not funny, right? But the person who called her out also is not funny. So I'm like, Twitter now feels like just a bunch of like unfunny comedians from both sides, the like, the like your canceled side and the like MAGA side. And I'm like, both of you are not funny. And, and you know what I'm saying? And I don't know, and not that being funny matters to like morality, I guess, but um, but just, everyone's annoying. My favorite was I saw one where uh, somebody somebody got dragged for some old tweets, and somebody else was like, "This is so disappointing." Like I know this person, and like yeah, these are like super racist tweets, and like this is so unacceptable. And then somebody went into that person's timeline and pulled super racist tweets that that person had done, and that person basically like it was like the biggest hypo- like ever. It was like hypocrites on hypocrites, you know? Yeah. It's weird because it's like, you definitely should call out racism, you know? But I do feel like what's actually happening is not, unless it's, um, what, what seems to be happening is this. I've witnessed like comedians who are like either white allies or comedians of color um, well, particularly this happens to non-black comedians of color, where they'll like call someone out for being racist, right? And then some like white comedian who is like known for being racist or got in trouble for being racist goes into that person's feed from 2010, finds a racist tweet, and then goes, look at this, you're a hypocrite, you're racist. But what I find the problem with that is like, Yes, you're right. That tweet, these tweets that that person said was racist. But how does that absolve you from your racism? How does yeah, that? Yeah, it's not. It's, and there's no like, there's no. It's like solution or redemption or education. It's just finger. It's just a giant like Mexican standoff. Is it racist to say that? <laughs> but it's probably it's racist to say that. But I know you don't hate Mexicans, so I don't know. <laughs> Um, no, isn't that the like thing? Like, is that a no? Like it's a, the expression, but I'm saying I don't know if the expression has origins in racism. I'm okay, saying. I'm sorry. I apologize I'm, if it does. It's fine. Anyways, I, I'm saying as a Mexican American, fine. I I don't. Anyways, I don't have energy in my heart to get mad about stuff like that. And the stuff that I I was hurt by, as as I as I showed you, like um, I I was hurt by something um, that a friend did. And I remember I texted you about it 
And it's yeah. like, that's what you do. You just kind of tell them, tell that person if they're your friend, you know, yeah. and then you kind of talk it out. But like, why would I call that out publicly? Because it's like, I, I know, I know the intention of the people. Like, so why would I try to do that? That's, that would be so counterproductive. It would be so hyperbolic. I don't know. It's just like case by case. I feel like sometimes the people do deserve to be called out. Like for instance, JK Rowling, like what she's saying about trans people. I'm like, everyone dragging JK Rowling should be dragging JK Rowling because that's the type of people we should be fighting because she has major power, major influence. And she's over here being like, uh, trans women are not real women, you know? And it's like, yeah, those are the people we should be calling out. But sometimes I feel like, yeah, like in these smaller Twitter trenches with comedians, it, it is, it, it definitely feels like this person calling this person racist, digging up a racist tweet, then the other person being like, actually, I found your racist tweet from eight years ago. You're a hypocrite. And then the person who dug up the other person's racist tweets now thinks that they're absolved for their original racism. And it's like, no, you, you both were wrong, you know? I don't it's, know. It just It's so exhausting. And I'm like, it's funny because part of me is like, guys, there are such bigger, and I don't mean like, don't call it racism. I'm just like, just this crazy call out petty drama. Like, I'm just like, guys, there's so much more important stuff going on. Like this is, even in these like crazy times, I'm like, this is what you use your energy for. Like, it's so stupid. I'm like, set fucking sign a petition, call a Senator, like put this energy elsewhere. Like you're so boring. Like it's so yeah. fucking stupid and immature. I'm, I'm so shocked at how much immaturity there is. Like I would be, I mean, I'd be humiliated if, I don't know, things very different than that. If I commented on a YouTube video of like a decor channel and then you like screen capped it, I'd be embarrassed, you know, if I was like, hey girl, I love your pattern mixing. Like I'd be, I would feel exposed, yeah. but people are crazy. It's crazy because also simultaneously while people are digging up these dumb tweets that were supposed to be jokes, but they were bad racist jokes from 2010, they're digging this up to try to outdo each other, like to be like, yeah. who's, the who's the worst of the races? And it's like, right. who's all racist? I don't understand what you're doing. While that's happening, there are actual videos of real racist things happening. Like that guy in Bloomington, Indiana, which is a town that I thought I love, almost getting fucking lynched in the forest on his knees at a tree with the noose hanging and a bunch of white supremacists. Like that's, actually happening there you know there's actual accounts of black women being like these this is actual like racism I experienced at work that adversely affected my career you know and and these people aren't posting about that type of shit you know I don't know sometimes it just feels performative it feels useless it's like how is this you could be posting about if you want to talk about racism why don't you actually look into it and post something useful you know that yeah. being said I do have to say you know what is annoying about comedians especially male comedians and mostly straight male comedians, both white and non-white, I do have to say, okay. There is this like macho-ness to comedy to where if you're not considered funny, you somehow, everything you have to say is invalid. And that's something that I'm not okay with because sometimes their defense against when someone says, hey, what you just said is racist or transphobic, right? is well you're not funny and so that's why you're trying to bring me down it's like mm. yeah sure, this person may not be funny 
but that has actually nothing to do with what they just said. Yeah. Their criticism, because their criticism could be, and often is, correct. Them being funny is just the way that you're using to gaslight the situation and be like, oh, well, they're just jealous of me because they're not funny, you know? And it's just like, no, I, that doesn't have anything to do with you being racist. But then again, it's so fucking exhausting. Like, I'm already exhausted talking about it. I know. It's and I, it is so funny, like, as Chris had tweeted, when he was like, there's no comedy and somehow there's still comedy drama. Like, how are people still just, I don't know, people are bored. But I guess we're bored. I don't know. I mean, you yeah, I mean, people are bored, but I don't know. Um, how have you been curing your boredom? What have you done? Well, I've been working out. I have, oh my God, I have, I got like uh, weight equipment. So I have a bench like a full like bench full press bench. bench press yes um i have a weight lifters belt you know the ones that the power lifters like wear around their big gut you know what i'm talking about i can't believe you're not doing instagram content i mean no. you're not an instigate yet it's so you're gonna be very proud of me so my weightlifting belt i had to get it because i have as as i told you lower back problems and from the time that I was 12, 13, I couldn't walk. So ever since then, I've always had problems with my back. And um, if I do overdo it weightlifting, it can really act up and then I like kind of can't do anything for a week. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I really need to protect my back. So I got a weightlifting belt, which helps protect your lower back. And of course you look like one of those, like my guts like hanging out and I look like one of those like fat power lifters. Um, but you'll be very proud of me because I ordered it in hot pink. So it's a hot weightlifting belt and you bet your ass when gyms open again in 2022, I will go into those gyms, like CrossFit with my hot pink weightlifting belt. Hot pink and I love it. I honestly, that makes me so happy. And I'm like so impressed that they sell it in like men's size, you know, I guess for like the lady bodybuilders, like they'd get it, but. Well, the weightlifting belt, they're kind of, um, there's no men or women sizes because it's all like adjustable to your waist. Yeah, it's so, unibulk. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> unibulk. Um, yeah, so you could just like choose the color. But I was like, don't be homophobic and choose black. Choose hot pink. You know? Black is homophobia. <laughs> well, choosing choose black because you're afraid to choose pink. Is, yeah. is homophobic and that's it and it's always like inner homophobia you know oh but i would like to say something from the last the second to last episode we released it was the one where i think we were talking about andres guardado who was shot five times by the cops. the porn star no, no uh, well it was the episode we talked about the porn star but i was referring to the young 18 year old oh yes 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 sorry five times by the cops yes, yes yes so they released his autopsy um and the autopsy place like they defied the sheriff's department and just released uh the report saying and it, like the la times like uh wrote about it yesterday and so it is confirmed he was shot five times in the back shot five times in the back but i listened to the episode and i referred to andres guardado as mexican-american or mexican one of the two but he was salvadorian -American. So I just want to say, uh, amend that correction um, because he's dead and I don't want to, um, I don't know, want to remember his memory correctly, but yeah. Defy. Yeah. <sighs> it's so hard. It was, yeah, it was, it's absolutely terrible. Um, 
and it's just crazy because like I have my nephew Mondo, like he looks like that dude. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, he just could be like that type of kid, you know? Um, and they and and my nephew Mono, like does that type of stuff. Like he is like a security guard for like a big parking structure. It's some building in the valley. Like, there's a lot of young Latino dudes who do these like security jobs. Um, you know, and they're just like hustlers trying to make it. And and they released the picture again of him, and I'm glad they did this. He was in full-on security guard uniform. He was in the white button-down tie. He had his jacket on, with ha which had the security logo, black slacks. I mean, he looked like, we've all seen those security guards. We know what they're dressed. They always look dressed up, right, with a black puffy jacket, and you can see their tie. That's how they always look. That's yeah. so heartbreaking. I know. That's so it's getting to the point where it's like, what, what is it gonna fucking take to arrest people for like Brianna Taylor for like going in and like literally shooting her and her boyfriend, you know, in plain clothes, you know? Um, what is it gonna take for people to be arrested for Andres Guardado? Like, what? I, I just don't know, you know. That's why, like, when you read stories like that, that's why Wendy's like this Twitter drama. Unless it's truly about something important, like what's going on with like J.K. Rowling and stuff, it's like stupid. You know what I mean? It's because like, it's just why? like a game of yeah, like you said, like a standoff of like, no, you're more racist. No, you're more racist. And it's like let's just admit that we're all racist. But I do think it's crazy when it's a, it, it, it's like a white guy calling out a person of color a lot for being racist in the past on their Twitter, and it's like. Sure, those were racist tweets, and that person's wrong for that. But you're still white, and you still benefit off of that privilege, and this person doesn't. So I don't know who you think you're going to outdo in this argument, you know? Yeah, I do think, I'll, all I'll say about the J.K. Rowling thing is that, like, I feel like J.K. Rowling is Dave Chappelle for white women. Like, I'm like, why is this the hill you're dying on? Why? Of all the things you've, like, it makes no sense to me. I don't understand, like... I'm just like, what, what, why? What are you getting? Like, you're, you're, not ga you're not gaining or helping anything. I don't know why the fuck you need to be talking about this. Like, it's so, and, it, like, and then to like double and triple down, it's like, I don't understand. I don't. Maybe because she's a bigot. A bigot in their heart. They truly need to get this out and they need to let people know what they think because they cannot, she cannot stand the fact that trans women's uh, movement is happening and there's there's an awakening right now of gender rights um, and and sexual identity she can't stand that and she truly believes that trans women's existence threatens cisgendered women's existence and the the problem with her is that you can't really argue with her in an intelligent way because her argument is predicated on the fact that she doesn't consider trans women women. So that's where she starts. So if you're starting from there, you can't really argue with her because she views things, we view things differently. I'm looking at a color and seeing red and she's saying that it's yellow. And it's like, no, but we're not agreeing on that. So we can't really have like an educated conversation. That's what she doesn't get, you know, um, that she's, acting this whole argument is that she believes that trans women are not women that they're men who are actively persecuting 
real, quote unquote, real women's rights by by having their own movement. You know what I'm saying? Which is absolutely crazy because it's like trans women are still one of the most vulnerable uh, populations in the world. They still get killed so often. I mean, how many times do we log on and we see dead trans women here, dead trans women there, dead trans women? We see that all the time. Um, and we also see that with cisgender women. Uh, uh, dead cisgender woman here who was uh, killed because she was raped and they wanted to silence her. Like that, that happens all the time. But I don't, I don't think that the trans movement is hurting like cisgender women at all. I don't, I don't see how that would hurt them. You know, it's so crazy. I was thinking the other day, and sorry guys, this isn't the funniest podcast. <laughs> but I was thinking the other day about like what you. Hamilton. No, I know um about how like and I mean I know it's been said before but I'm like I am so tired like I know people like and it's funny because like women are the number one consumer of true crime content podcasts movies shows CSI all that stuff but it's like I'm like I I don't want to consume any media that is showing women killed for entertainment and that is all crime it's like half of all broadcasting and media and content is women killed for entertainment right and i'm like you guys don't understand like how fucking crazy that is like if there was like every fucking show was just about you know like it it's so crazy but it's even crazier because it just reinforces the narrative and then women only consume it because we're like well we're gonna get killed so we better keep like it's just so like sick to me but i also i know people but i also just can't watch rated r movies because they upset me but um yeah i was just like because every time i'm like what's a fun show people are always like oh like slut rape whore murder show and i'm like oh my god now that's a sketch now slut rape whore it's on showtime <laughs> it's showtime and then there's a spin-off and that's harlots and whores um yeah it's no but i would just i would just implore people for a week just don't watch entertainment based on and also how much of this entertainment is it's either actual real life cases which think about there are so many murders that you have endless programming forever and they keep happening it's like this is very sick to me and then you have the like podcast based on the movie based on the show based on the real murder so it's like basically we have like you know huge franchises based like if one murder happens it's franchised you know right so we should murder someone for the franchise <laughs> <laughs> all i have to say is to end the to end the jk rowling thing is for the for the people who agree with jk rowling one of the biggest arguments that they use is like it's women's reproductive and medical rights that are being um, threatened here because of trans women's involvement in the women's movement, right? And all I have to say is both cisgendered women's medical rights and trans women's medical rights are both at stake and they're both being persecuted and threatened and, and trying to be controlled. Um, and it's done by the same faction. The same people who want to make abortion illegal and close a bunch of Planned Parenthoods or make it very hard to where you have to drive 300 miles to get an abortion 
those are the same people who want to make it really hard for transgendered women to get the proper medical care. And that's like a huge problem in the trans community is getting proper medical treatment for your specialized um, body, which it shouldn't be specialized, but it's just, there's no, there's not enough medical research, there's not enough medical care in like what it is to be a trans woman or a trans man, right? So a lot of them suffer um, physically because of that. And I'm just like, it, I, JK just doesn't see that it's the same faction that is that hates both trans and cisgendered women. They just hate women, you know? They, yeah. It's about the hatred of women. It's not about, I don't know, it's not about who has a working uterus or not, because if that's defining of womanhood, then I feel like that's a little, that's like the same as saying um, your dick size is defined, defines your manhood. It's like, yeah. yeah, I don't, that's not the case, you know? But I do want to shout out, hey, thank you so much to the Supreme Court for that hot decision not uh, allowing employers to deny women birth control. Just shout out to that one. Love that one. Um, that was, that, that's dog shit. Shout out. Came out with some good wins. And then it was like, the Supreme Court was like, JK, we, we still hate women. I feel like I've, I'm learning that season after season, I'm like, actually, this is totally the Supreme Court's game. They're like, we give you one and then we take away another. So have fun. Um, but, and, and shout out definitely to separation of church and state. Um, more like the fucking of church and state. I don't know. Oh my God. Everything's guys is all great. Wait, you haven't been watching any murder horse lecture. <laughs> what do you watch? <laughs> what have I, I haven't, I haven't watched drag race. Um, oh, we just, that's what you need to be watching. I know uh, I will. I will. It's um, so good. It's filled. I mean, it's so good. I mean, Alexis Mateo is like my drag spirit animal because she's a Latina who confronts you to your face and makes things very uncomfortable. And, I love and this is why I always keep, I still think you should be a lawyer because like you could be in your hot pink, you know, little suit in. I mean, I have thought about it. Like if I, if I just stopped. Your dad was a lawyer. My dad was a lawyer. Yeah. Um, if I stopped doing show business, you know, maybe I would try to do like human rights law and stuff. I feel like that's the only way I would feel good about myself is if like I did something that would help people. You know, yeah, but um, but then we'd have to leave show business. Sometimes I do think about leaving show business. Like, do you ever think about that? Yeah, we and we, that's why we also agreed that we would move to Covina and we would both be managers at a Macy's and we would meet at the Chatterbox on Fridays and we'd well, like do karaoke or something. No offense to Covina, but I think that that is a little sad now. So I think that we need to pick a new place. And I say Long Beach, and the reason is, is because Long Beach is very diverse, it's very queer, it's it's like halfway to your parents, right? That's true. Yeah, and it's halfway to LA, so we could, so it's halfway to my parents. So, I don't know, I feel like Long Beach is the place to go and give up. It's the new. Well, post-COVID, guys, you heard it here first. We're buying property and we're, <laughs> we're actually becoming realtors in Long Beach. Honestly, I do have a fantasy of one day kind of like buying a property in Palm Springs and going and living up there. I know, and I have that fantasy for you too. I would love, I would love this background to be my reality in your home. Yeah, like if I if I genuinely like you know at some point in the next like ten years bought a house in Palm Springs and I just that was my main residence and I just drove into like um, 
you know, for show business reasons to LA, which I feel like is very doable, right? Yeah. Like if I yeah. need to go like to an audition or a meeting, I would just drive into LA. Um, would you come visit me in Palm Springs? Are you kidding? I love Palm Springs. I literally, I fucking love it so much. I would be there all the time. Yeah, awesome. You would, you would have to be like, I own this property. You don't. Um, so I would invite you over like a lot. Like, like I would want, like, yeah, we would definitely have to have like, let's go through, let's go through this fancy. I have like um, a Palm Springs uh, house. I don't want to live in a condo. I don't like those um, condos because in Palm Springs, it's like, the condos are always like on a golf course. Yes. I don't like that. And yeah. I'm thinking of like, how have people not been killed by the balls? I imagine that. Imagine Honey, that. they've been killed by other balls in those. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I would love, I would, I would, honestly, I would be there so much. And then you like, well, I mean, you do say things directly, but if you felt bad, like if you didn't want to be like, bitch, you're here too much, you could be like, this next weekend is actually, I'm trying to create more of a safe space for queer people. <laughs> and I appreciate your allyship, but sometimes to be an ally, you need to step back. If I ever talk to you like that ever, um, you know I've been, I've been body snatched. I feel like after your second facelift, that's when you'll be speaking to me like that. I can't. It doesn't work well with the beard, but oh, does it not look like Anton LaVey? <laughs> Don't I look like Anton LaVey, like the leader of the church of Satan? That is your Jane. Screenshot. That's your that's your profile pic for this next episode. Jane. <laughs> Get in the car, Jane. I don't know. <laughs> he looks like an evil bird, an evil owl. Oh. But it's like, um, no, but. I, yeah, so I would want you over, you would definitely, I feel like you would have to come over like once a month. Yeah. Right? So like, you would definitely come over for like, a little like New Year's Day type, or like, yes. like a little weekend right around New Year's, right? Yes. And then you could come over for like a Galentine's Day. I love. In February. And then you need to come over in March for like spring break. Yes. <laughs> and um and then you can come over in april for a second spring break yeah exactly and then, east coast and west coast spring breaks right and then you need to come over in may because you won't be able to come over for the next few months because it will be sweltering hot it's true so you so we have to skip june july august right but then you can come yeah. over back in september for what labor day is that labor day in september yeah labor day yeah and then of course you have to have the spooky gay palm springs Halloween. A spooky, a spooky yeah. Palm Springs does not sound spooky. Yeah, just like a fun Halloween. I would have like an annual Halloween pool party or something. Right. That would like, be very fun. October, yeah. October is Palm Springs Pride, so you could come over. For oh, that. that's it. Yeah. And then November to escape the Thanksgiving horrors because Thanksgiving is my least favorite holiday. It always has been. I've never connected to it. The food is bad. The food yeah. is bad. You know, and I didn't really grow up with like traditional Thanksgiving food, people would like bring ham and then tamal. You know what I'm saying? So whenever I would go to like other people's Thanksgiving and it was like turkey and all that stuff, I would just- Turkey. Like, I just don't like that food, you know? Um, and then you could come over for a Palm Springs Christmas. I love it. Yeah, so there'd be like at least- A little flamingo I with a little hat on it. Like a little <laughs> Santa hat. I actually bought one of those. It was my decor this year. Yeah, and you would have to stay for like a weekend. Yeah, yeah, I would love it. Well, it's always good to end an episode on a speaking your 
future into existence? Yeah, I mean, I just don't, the reason I, like, do you ever think you're gonna be able to buy a house here? No, but I did just learn about something, which is for another episode, but basically there's this thing called tenants in common. And it's basically like you buy your apartment with other people in the building, right, but it's right. a very unique, different thing. And they're the only remotely affordable units, but it is like becoming more popular. And I don't know, maybe I'll be talking to a realtor soon. Hey, I yes. heard that. And you know where they're also doing that? They're doing that with houses that are on the same lots. Oh, so there was smart. a house in Echo Park on realtor.com. Um, that was a tenants in common opportunity. And it was one house in front and then another house in back, but up on a hill. So it's elevated. Oh, and great. it was the house in back. And both of them had views because they were both, the street was on a hill itself. The street was a hill, right? So no matter what house you bought, you would have a view. And it was selling for 559K, which for a, for a renovated two-bedroom, two-bath craftsman in Echo Park is a steal. Um, yes, I was seeing other ones that I was like, these are like jaw-dropping. Like I could not, like, yeah, could not believe, so. But also, Katie, I still think I would move to Palm Springs or, or Cathedral City because you can get amazing houses with pools for 250k. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even believe this. Like, yeah, it's so true. I, I bought that when I was 40. By the time I was 60, the house would be paid off. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming soon, guys. Post COVID real estate investments, we're starting in. Yeah. All right. This, well, guys, this has been another episode. Comment, comment uh, on uh, the YouTube and the Instagram or on the Facebook, wherever you're watching this, comment, you know, what places in the world you would like to give up one day. Yeah, or comment with my most racist tweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this was great. We love you. Be good. Bye. Bye.